أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Welcome everyone again to another podcast brought to you by the Muslim American Society. This is Rashad Nurse coming to you with very special guest. Um, Assalamu alaikum, Mona Islam. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. I'm doing wonderful. Very happy to be here with my mass family. MashaAllah. And I'm looking forward to this podcast going beyond the mass family. We've only been around for a few weeks now, and I believe there's a lot of good, um, there's a lot of good, there's a growing audience, and uh, Mohamed Kibriya, the youth director, has also kicked off his, his uh, week series, and he has another one that he just told me he recorded. I can't talk about it too much yet, but inshallah, that'll be landing for everyone soon as well, most likely before they hear this, inshallah. MashaAllah, that's all. Alhamdulillah. So Mona, I guess what I'd like to do is just get to know a little more about yourself. Why don't you tell us and in the audience a little bit about your background and, and what brings you here today? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I uh, mainly grew up in Texas, uh, probably spent the first half of my life in Dallas, most of the second half of my life here in Houston. And um, I've always really been uh, passionate and interested in working with youth. I can't seem to get away from that. I love it. Uh, so I think uh, really um, as a teenager, I was really into, you know, um, uh, you know, working with youth on different levels, halakas, personal development, conferences, camps, uh, traveling to meet youth, um, anything that would help connect with other youth and help them get through struggles together. I just uh, really... Um, Felt, felt very passionate about it and found so much meaning in that. And, um, you know, that kind of carried on. I went on, I have five children uh, ranging from college age down to fourth grade. So, you know, I spent the uh, last 20 years, you know, I, I did have five children. I've traveled a lot. Um, educationally, I have a background as a certified high school teacher, but also as a principal in the state of Texas. I'm doing my PhD in education uh, in curriculum to balance off the principal administration side and just continue to do youth work. So here in Houston, my husband and I had founded the um, scouts groups. We've got a very active and dynamic uh, Girl Scout group, Boy Scout group, totaling about 300 between the two of the groups, which are very active. And we do a lot of the therapia through that, a lot of the you know personal development there. And I've written various books. Um, some of uh, my previous books were more, um, you know, Islamic studies or, you know, perhaps like some fiction or whatever for youth. And this is my recent publication uh, called The Social Media Workbook for Muslim Youth that, uh, that I have here with me today. Thank you. I'm, I'm fascinated by your work, by your background. Mashallah, um, may Allah bless your family and bless your time in the work that you're doing. Um, definitely the social media workbook is what uh, connected us and it's something I came across and I'm not exactly sure how I originally ran into it, but uh, I noticed it was a critical book for myself, for youth, I think for families, for parents who are raising even young kids, you start to ask yourself what is going to happen you know, in their future as social media is naturally something very dynamic. Um, in the last 10 years, it's changed significantly. 
I feel like it's changing, you know, year by year now. Um, it's, it's actually changing very fast. So I'd love to dive into all these topics with you. Maybe to start, I'd love to also ask you, what was the reason or what attracted you uh, to use work in particular and why you published this book? So your first question is what attracted me to youth work in particular. I think that, um, you know, I, I felt like I was one of the youth that was struggling and embracing the uh, the religion, the connection to God within, you know, this this very diverse um, culture. Many of us, um, you know, came from a, a background where we had immigrant parents and kind of like, um, you know, yet we were growing up in a society which was totally different. This was back in the day when I was growing up and I, and I kind of experienced that uh, beautiful struggle myself. And, and I wanted to share like the positives of that with others. Um, I felt like connecting with others helped me strengthen my faith, helped me discover my identity. It was very experience. And I felt um, only, you know, usually strengthened uh, by the right um, connections. And, and at the same time, very aware of how, uh, things could go the wrong way if you had, you know, the wrong connections. And I think that's kind of what drew me to youth work, uh, just kind of experiencing that struggle and embracing um, the religion, you know, in my own way. And so, um, you know, I felt like I wanted to be part of that and continue that journey, you know, with other people and keep connecting with them. Um, I was fortunate to really be around um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good people with it, you know, even, um, you know, within the challenges that are the normal challenges of growing up, I also uh, was inspired by a lot of great mentors and great teachers and just great, you know, ordinary human beings. And I wanted to be able to make sure everybody had that opportunity and kind of circulate that, you know, uh, whether it's my own children with other people, I felt like that was kind of like, um, you know, a natural calling for me. And I believe you had a second question that pertained to the book and why I wrote the book. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, before I get to that second question, there's one more piece, which is, you know, I, I believe when I first heard about this book, I reached out um, to the mass team and I said, you know, this is a great book. We should be leveraging it for our youth programs and for our halakha curriculum. And I believe it was Maha Esedin who told me, yeah, that's one of our sisters uh, in mass in Texas. So yeah. maybe also share a little bit about what your experience has been with mass. I love mass. Uh, mass, um, you know, if, if you think about back to the core values of, of you know, you know, we start off with our aqidah. We start off with, you know, what are our beliefs? Well, one of our beliefs, obviously, uh, after the aqidah is that we believe in the Quran. Okay. In the Quran, in, a, in our revelation, Surah Al-Imran, verse 104, Allah Allah tells us that we need to stand together you know, we need to stand together in a group in order to um, guide people, you know, in order to stand up for the truth, in order, in order to, um, you know, uh, in order to do the right things, in order to cooperate with each other in the right path. And so that is straight out of the Quran, that we need to be in a group in which we support each other towards the right path. And it's in so many places in the Quran. I mean, Surah Al-Asr, if you don't have to look that far, you can look at the short surahs where Allah tells us, Verily, man is at loss unless you are uh, advising each other to good. You know, I mean, that's part of part of the meaning. And so in our uh, guidance from Allah, you know, we're really called to not stay in solitude. As we know that whenever we as human beings are alone, 
that's when shaitan attacks us. So if we can be around people and work with people and cooperate with each other, even though it takes some patience and even though it takes some sacrifice at times, uh, it takes, you know, that extra energy, it takes, you know, subtracting some sleep, some research, whatever. Um, it's really important that we're in a group. Um, and, 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 and so number one, we need to always be in a group. I've been exposed to many different groups. Um, as far as mass, um, I happened to be in a background where my father uh, went, you know, there was a lot of people who, when they immigrated to this country, that was the time of the formula. That was before mass, actually. That was back when there was the MSA uh, back in the days, which evolved into organizations such as ISNA, which also then gave way to ICNA, which also then uh, there was Maya. Maya, um, back in high school, you know, there was the Maya convention, which, you know, we, even though my parents didn't have like the native Arabic, we, we would travel there. Uh, in the ice and snow coming from the south because there we had this appreciation for being in these jama'a, being in these uh, environments where there's where you feel strengthened, where you feel empowered in your religion just by being around the barakah of good people and, 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 and just having those examples in front of you. So Maya was back when I was in high school and even Ikna, um, you know, that kind of had other replicated organizations, which my family is very involved <laughs> with as well. So on that level, but then um, mass actually came, um, you know, was really an offshoot or a development from Maya. And so mass, be, you know, kind of was born. Um, it, it's all the same thing, really. But the ideas are, are, are similar in that, you know, you cooperate with each other in doing good work. You know, you develop yourself. You know, that's a component of mass, whether it's Osra's, whether it's uh, thou, you know, you, you develop yourself, you, you work towards that, you put your resources towards that. And then uh, you also call other people, you know, towards uh, the religion. And, and so this is all part of it. And, and also just serving humanity, which is mm -hmm. uh, the mass center that we have right now that we opened in Houston. We're actually having the grand opening on February 8th, Saturday in a couple of days. And that is the next level of the mass um, ideology, which is actually serving humanity. And, and you referred to that when we started this podcast, that it's not just about our our own mass family. This is about Islam is about serving humanity. However, in order to serve humanity, you actually have to have um, that core group first that, you know, to prepare yourself to cooperate, to serve humanity. So in that sense, you know, mass, um, you know, has played a role in my life regularly. Um, it, it, it is one of those organizations which does all of those things. And um, alhamdulillah, you know, I found many good brothers and sisters and, you know, um, a support system you know, there, and, and I've, um, alhamdulillah, I'm very grateful for what Mass has done for me and my children. You know, I have children that I've raised through the Mass Scouts and the Mass Usters, and, and, and mashallah, the families here have done a lot uh, just through these organizations. I think um, when we came to Houston, so I'll give you a more recent background, so I guess, you know, we're in 2020 now. Tw 2008, I remember the day that um, uh, one of the mass sisters and I started the Usra Halakas. It, it was literally like October 31st, 2008. I distinctly remember it was like a 10 year period that we built our mass Usra um, kind of like groups within ourselves. But then interestingly, after that 10 year point is when we started with this community center that serves the outside public. So it's no longer only um, you know, just about ourselves, it is now developing the society. It's like another level. And we were only able to go to that level because we developed that, that, that uh, you know, more inner level, that inner circle. Sometimes I think of it as like the Makkah Medina. First you, you know, mm -hmm. first you develop yourself and then you go on to serve the greater 
uh, good. So um, I hope that kind of answers that question. It does, absolutely. And uh, there's a few points that always resonate with me. Like you said, it's even in the short suras. When you first, I remember first hearing about this, I thought, wow, this is incredible. And the more you learn about it through the ayat of Quran, the more you learn about it through actively, actively practicing living Islam, you know, through the ritual worship or through uh, the experience in the community, you start to realize that there's nothing about Islam that is, uh, you know, that separates you from people. It's always about bringing you back, you know, the family relationships, the extended family relationship, the community relationship. In fact, there's always some way where you're connected with people. And one of the things I noticed from a lot of, you know, conversations over the years, there isn't one, uh, one interesting piece, that piece about the Quran, when it speaks about groups. And a number of places, unfortunately, the translation is getting better. Today, the Abdul translation of Dr. Dr. Mustafa Khattab, personally, I feel those are excellent translations for, you know, a Muslim born and raised here in the United States um, versus the classic, the classic old English translations. But even then, when the word you is used, in English, we use the word you for you, a group, or you, an individual. And all of the ayat uh, in the Quran are speaking to you, the group. But when you're yes. reading by yourself, you're reading you, and you might think of it as an individual. And yes, of course, we are individuals. We have an individual responsibility to Allah. But our connection through the group is critical. Um, and it's, it's fundamental to this concept of what we call Islam and deen versus what I think is maybe a secular Western view of the term religion, which is a much more individual approach. Individual, correct. And an individual presence of religion, correct. Yeah. And that's I, totally true, yeah. And mm. and the actual, the actual the exact translation actually of verse 104, it says, and let there be an arising from you, a nation inviting all that is good and joining what is right and forbidding what is wrong. And those will be the successful. So let there be like, you know, a group, you know, an arising from you. So, you know, we, we need to work together, you know, in order to do what? In order to invite what's good or enjoin what's right and forbid what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And they will be the successful. So Allah actually tells us that these are the people who will be successful. We're not just doing this for no reason, but we, you know, we want that success, which is defined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I love that translation that, it brings home a few points, and I and I think it's going to tie well to this conversation. So just to sort of set the stage here, uh, inshallah, we're going to have a series of conversations around the social media workbook, as well as a number of other you know great things that Mona uh, has been that you've been a part of. So I, we this will really be sort of the introduction, um, and so to start from there, tell us a little bit about um, why. You wrote this particular book like what is the big picture view of why this book exists absolutely so um you know uh fortunately i grew up in a time when we had the comfort and blessing and really luxury of just experiencing life with certain norms however um in my youth work and being a mother of five and as an educator and a community worker i noticed that my children were experiencing life differently and some of that was this unhealthy ratio of the screen time as compared to, you know, the healthy solitude or the face-to-face contact with trusted family members, mentors, loved ones, and 
children were being swamped with ideas, images, and ideologies before having time to even process what they thought. So I saw like within the youth that I worked with closely, um, I saw that their beliefs about God were shattered, their ideas about life, their self-image, their self-reflections, the ideas about what they should be doing um, you know, with their time, their relationships with others. There were many strong influences dictating to the kids what their values should be, what they should and should not be doing with their time, money, and energy, what is right and wrong. And so kids were interacting with the, this world of strangers and these marketing companies really before they even interacted with their own selves or with their parents or with God. And I think it, um, you know, it affected everything. I just, so this, this shift, this change, and it was a reality that um, it was unavoidable because of with technology, um, you know, j- just the prevalence, like, you know, everyone, you know, has to have now, you know, you, you can't do anything now without the iPad, without the laptop or, or a phone. I mean, that's just even how the education system is. And so I just thought that, you know, how can we, I mean, there's different approaches. You can, you can tell kids just to completely stay off of it, but that's, it's unavoidable to be on it. And so the other approach is to go ahead and help kids figure out how to navigate. And when I say kids, I mean youth, um, you know, how to navigate this huge, you know, um, you know, entity. And, and really, I feel like, um, you know, it's something that wasn't really talked about before, because we were kind of uh, embracing it or using it faster than what we realized, you know, was happening to us. And, and honestly, I mean, this was happening on the adult level as well. But once again, you know, my, my focus and my passion is more dealing with youth. Another thing about youth, just the just style of the book itself, um, I have written textbooks where it's more informational and it's more, uh, you know, just straightforward facts and research uh, material. But in working with youth, if I really want them to believe in something and to act on it, I need them to come to that conclusion on their own. And so the way that this is designed, um, this workbook, is for that youth to kind of come to the conclusion on their own through going through like the activities and reading the stories and, and, you know, um, the only thing that's really given to them is for example, the Quranic ayah or like a hadith. And then it'll be like real life scenarios or, or questions or activities and exercises. And that way, as they're processing these things, you know, from the educator perspective, as they're doing these things, they're going to come to terms themselves and say, Hey, wait a second. You know, I, after doing this exercise or this activity, I realize this, this, and this, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to me telling them, because I feel like that's more effective. And, and, you know, as we know, youth and adults or whoever, we're, we're out in the world on our own. When they're on these devices, they're out there on their own. So they need to really believe this from the bottom of their heart. Very little time is actually with a chaperone or with somebody watching over. It's possible to watch a kid. You know, I have five children. They're in five different places all the time. So, you know, um, so it's really important that they believe in it themselves. And that's kind of the approach that I take, um, you know, other than organizing, you know, the subject areas, I, I, I really try to get them to, to come to their own conclusion. Absolutely. And it's just the beginning of the conversation, really. There's so much more that can be done with it. Right. Right. So, 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 so I, think I think there's a couple things, things that will be helpful um, as, we as we start this conversation. conversation. So we so have the, ter- the, ter- the, the title of the book is The Social Media Workbook for Muslim Youth. And so, and so 
we've, we've, we've sort of touched, touched on, on, I think, think you, you highlighted some of the, the realities behind why, why this is a relevant topic. Um, yeah. whether, whether you're a youth, whether you're a young professional, I think, I think yeah. anybody in the world today, they can't they escape can't the reality of how, how much social, social media, media, how much, how much devices, devices are impacting our lives. lives. This was, this was this is not this a new not, thing because I think people have been grappling with this even before, before let's say, the, the iPhone era, era right? right? The mm-hmm. iPhone era yeah. is definitely yeah. that transition yeah. from the world of the, 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 the primary device was a laptop and then it went to uh, a mobile uh, device, you know, a phone. Right. And, and, and before that, though, there definitely was the challenge of a TV. Um, TV yeah. consumption, how much, uh, there's a lot of stats around how much time you know, the average yeah. American family spends watching, watching TV, TV. Average the average child spends watching TV. And I remember growing up, kind of that was a challenge there. There's so, there's so much good, good content or things that you could be sort of engulfed in as a kid. Um, and the balance between doing your homework and making sure you get everything else in life done versus just sitting around on TV. So uh, I'm editing uh, there. You can always find the other types of things that were part of people's, people's lives that could, that could have led to distractions. For, for example, when, I, when I've read about the history of chess, there are, there are many people who talk about chess and in particular, maybe even other board games as, as having been things that would distract someone uh, from the important things of life. Of course, of course gambling is, uh, has been uh, the, the statistics around that now, as well as historically, you know, as a known fact. So there's, so there's all things have been out there to keep people busy. Sometimes it's something beneficial that turns into something that's uh, not so beneficial or wasting time. Best case yeah. scenario. Worst case scenario has some negative effect that we haven't noticed. Um, there does seem to be something unique about what's happening now with screens. Um, it's the, the rate of impact that's increasing and the type yeah. of impact that's increasing. It, it does yeah. seem to be, I guess, I guess it's always impacting a human psychology and especially, you know, young kids are more susceptible. And like you said that when you highlighted the fact that kids are spending more time with strangers, and to be honest, the internet's full of strangers, social media is yeah. full of strangers, or, or let's say marketing companies, um, yeah. more, than, more than with their own families, or with even themselves, or with uh, their relationship with God. I never yeah. kind of did the math in my head that way. And I, I got to go back now and think about my own experience. What has my life been like? Who am I spending more time with? Um, but so I like the way you're kind of laying out the groundwork for this. A question. A question here, here is how do you define youth? You're, you're talking, you know, do you look at a particular age range or do you think this is beneficial for someone? What is the right age range to start having this conversation or leveraging something like this book? It's interesting because I actually did a, that's a very on point question. Um, when I uh, when I did the draft of this book, I thought I would do a focus group before we sent it to publication. So we did a focus group and my original audience was high school and I had about I want to say right about 30 people at this focus group and everyone really thought that it should be for even a younger audience like it really needed to start around middle school so um the truth is that the way it's written adults really everybody read this and and take from it because it's really like a very like you mentioned a human phenomenon that we're all going through um at the same time but what I thought was more of a high school level thing, people are saying, you know, they gave me that feedback that this needs to be 
you know, starting more at middle school. And, and the interesting thing is, um, after publishing it, I did not realize that my sixth grade daughter's Girl Scout journey book was also called Media, which mm. incorporates social media, but it actually goes right along with this social um, media book. And we actually do it hand in hand, you know, and, and it, you know, it is, it, it starts at a younger age than what I even wanted to. But, um, another, you know, and, and my, and my co-author, um, she, she deeply as well works with youth. And she was saying, you know, sister Mona, you won't believe the type of things the high school kids are thinking is normal. And, and, you know, and I'll sit sometimes like with my own children, I have a daughter in college and, you know, and I'll just spend a few minutes with her about with her social media feed. And my head is spinning when I see what these kids are are posting as normal nowadays. Um, I can only take so much because I, you know, and these are kids that that um, I actually also raised through mass scouting, and and they're normal kids, and they come from very good practicing families. And and you know, and, and of course, there's a whole range of people out there. I mean, there's but what's considered normal now is very different from what it was maybe five, ten years ago, as far as what's acceptable. Um, you know, um, the boundaries that are, that are really, um, you know, pushed. I mean, it, it's just very different. So as far as what, um, now that I'm working with the sixth graders with this book, I, I find that even starting at that middle school age is, is actually just right on, on point. Although it works, you know, for older ages, it's just a matter of how far you go with the discussion because their boundaries and their, their actual uh, scenarios become a little bit different. And so, um, you know, uh, so the book works for different ages. It's just a little bit more how you, you know, you know, discuss it with them. I, I like to discuss it with, with the youth that I work with. So, you know, be it the scouting group, um, we're starting um, some sessions. Of, um, and, and so different levels, you just talk to them about it in a little bit of a different way, age appropriate way, but the actual content here is, is, is really for various ages. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really, really interesting. interesting. I think the fact that, that you're addressing, addressing one of one the, the dimensions, dimensions all of the challenges, challenges that exist across these different platforms, platforms or within, within social media itself, itself. and then and how, then how you, you allow someone at different age ranges reach that understanding. Uh, uh, usually, I would imagine as a from from a from middle school to high school to even college and beyond, there's, there's a different level of um, insight that someone has about themselves. I, I think it takes you know something beyond 10, 10 years of life, life to start to, start really, to really create that experience, experience and be and be and have some insight into who you are and how you're impacted by the things around you. The things you take in as part, part of, of your life, life experience, experience um, um, things, things that you can't, you can't escape. escape. So, so I imagine, imagine it's, it's very, very interesting. interesting. I would love to hear more about the conversations you're having with those high school students, with your own kids, with their friends. I have a bunch of questions around, you know, how this addresses a younger audience. I know, I know that yes. they, can, they, they can be impacted even more negatively, but also so, the opportunity to sort of... There's, there's more families to work with those younger kids elementary and middle school um, to create, create that, that positive environment but uh, I've, I've, I'd love, love to explore how you think, think this is impacting our youth in college and our young professionals so, so what to do if you don't mind Mona we'll, we'll this is yeah. for today we'll, we'll go back and, and prepare for I think diving into the book 
challenging, challenging asking some more questions about how this should be, um, you, know, you know, what your experiences are. And I'm, I've been reaching out to several youth teams and youth departments across different chapters to, to this uh, with them. I'm hoping we can pull in, you know, more conversations with other youth workers on this particular subject. Inshallah, one of these upcoming sessions will also have Mohammed Kibria, the youth director of Mass National, uh, join us to to partake in this conversation. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there, there is so much to talk about with regards to this, um, you know, uh, the different age categories. And one thing I want to mention is I know that we, you know, this book specifies that it's for a Muslim audience. I didn't mention that after I published it, I actually came across other books out just in Barnes and Noble and places that are also written for teenagers about social media use. And I was actually surprised that, you know, uh, people are just as concerned as we are about how social media is affecting youth. And another thing is sometimes we assume that Muslims are taking the conservative stand. But um, I have books that I've bought now after publishing this one where there are therapists and counselors out there who take even more, you know, interestingly conservative stands or more firm stands about, you know, um, some of their views about social media. So it it is scientifically proven that social media affects us in different ways. And it's not just a Muslim concern. This is a worldwide concern. It's a it's a human issue. And so just beginning that discussion is, is, is important and, and, and I think will be healthy uh, for us. And I do look forward to, inshallah, you know, discussing it more so that, inshallah, we can, um, you know, do the best that we can with this topic, inshallah. Inshallah. I, I, those are so many excellent points that you brought up. I can't thank you enough for this opportunity. We've only met recently. And mashallah, I, may Allah bless you and your family. You're uh, an excellent example. Well. Don't want to praise you too much in front of you, but I believe you're 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 an excellent model for myself and other you know active workers out there that we have the potential to take from our experience, to take from our knowledge and our challenges, and come up with solutions and then translate those solutions into on the ground um, action, something that will directly have an impact. Um, so this is a beautiful resource. I can't wait to dive into it more with you, inshallah. So just you, alhamdulillah. for your time today. To you uh, and, and, you know, uh, to everyone who is, may Allah help us to, you know, support each other in doing good works and encourage each other to do good things which are productive and beneficial to society, inshallah. And jazakallah khair to all of you. I mean, this is Until just the beginning time. of the conversation. Um, with that, inshallah. Thank you, everyone.